Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Shout of clap. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated tonight. Thank you, musicians. Malachi, if you don't mind, sir, if you'll just play just for just a little longer. Behind, right, just right up under me, it'll be fine. Well, God is good, amen? Amen. I, I thought, okay, I, I, I thought that um, I was done with our series, with the series Cancel Culture, but the, when the Lord began to speak with me, speak to me this week, and I, I was in, in study and in prayer, the word God was giving me just went right along with what we've been talking about. So, since we had the graphic and since this has been the series, we're going to, this should be the last message tonight. So, tonight we're going to talk about the difference in being a true born again believer and a cultural Christian. And there is a big difference. An eternal difference. A forever difference. One is just a check the box Christian. One is just, I'm a Christian because I'm not a Muslim, I'm not a Buddhist, or I was raised in church, but have you been raised up from death from the trespasses of your sin. You may have been raised in church, but have you been raised in Christ? In newness of life. And, and it, I'm up here bothered now. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm bothered tonight. Not just tonight, actually for a while now. But, uh, and what I'm bothered about is the complacency and the compromise and what we call living for the Lord now. And so, I love you. And I, want, I don't want you to be deceived. See, because I read in the Bible, and, and I know, do we have to talk about the Bible? Yes. Uh, yeah, we do. Because all Scripture is breathed by God. The, the Scripture in Habakkuk is breathed by God. Just like the writings of Paul or Jude or the Gospel according to Mark or Luke. It, 
It's all breathed by God. And so we find instruction for life. And I read where believers, listen now, forsook all to follow Christ. They said, you know, I'm going to follow God no matter what. We talked about it last. And how, how different, how different does that sound from your Christianity? I'm just asking. I don't know. Maybe you say, no, no, no. I mean, it don't sound any different. I, okay. But I'm, I'm asking, does that sound like what you've got? Could you say like Peter said, I, I, have, I have nowhere to go. I have no one else to believe. I have, uh, you have the words of eternal life. No matter who comes in your life or who goes, or no matter if it's hard to serve God. What happens when living for Christ isn't convenient? Would you still live for Him? Those are questions that I, I wonder. It's questions I've had to come to in my own life to examine myself. So, I know we've got about 25 minutes here. I want you to lift your hands towards the Lord. And I just want us to pray one more time. Father, may we receive what you would have us to receive from your word. This is the miracle of preaching. And it is a miracle. It's something that only God, you can do. You speak to people through your word, right where they're at. God, it's my mouth, but your words, my mind, but God, your thoughts. That I'm standing here I, I, with nothing on my own personally to say. I just want to say what's on your heart. Anoint me, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, Malachi. A cultural Christian doesn't want to hear anything about obedience to the Word, sacrifice for the call, or holy living. And the reason they still call themselves Christians is because they are deceived. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. I want to let you know this deception just didn't start last week. But this deception has been going on a long time. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9 tells us who's behind the deception. So the great dragon was thrown out. The ancient serpent, and that's important, who was called the devil and Satan. Listen, the one who deceives the whole World, Are you reading this with me tonight? He was thrown to the earth and his angels with him. That's in the last book. But if we turn over to the very beginning, Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve in the garden. Here's the serpent. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree 
in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it and you must not touch it or you will die. And then here's the serpent. He says, no, 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 exclamation point, excuse me. No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that if you eat, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So here's two things that the enemy always asks. Satan always asks, did God really say that? And did God really mean that? Are you with me? Did God really say, uh, you don't have to do, I mean, God doesn't expect you to really live by this book. Did God really say that? And if you can't argue with the word and you say, well, yeah, God did say that. Well, then there, here's the next qui- twist and question. But did God really mean it? And here's the thing. Anything God says, he means. But these are the two questions that are asked to every believer constantly. Did God say it and did God mean it? And here's the facts. God did say it and God didn't mean it. And he said, everything I say in this book I meant. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God. The one version says it's breathed by God. All scripture, y'all. Everything in here. There's no mistake. There's no typo. There's no, well, do this when it's easy and convenient. And I know this is hard. I, I, I know. But I'm calling you to do what I have said. Would God tell us to do something we couldn't do? Yes. That's why he gave you the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, you cannot do what God tells you to do on your own. But he gave you his word. And then when you put your faith in him, he gives you the power of his spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ up from the dead for you to live pleasing to him. All of it, all of it is inspired by God. All scripture. Everything. So when God says do this, he means to do it. When he says don't, he means don't do it. And he gives you the power of the Spirit to live this out. Here's my thought. If we're not living out the Scripture, hear me. If we are not doing what God says do, are we really saved? If we are not living out God's word, doing what he says do, are we children of him? I I can't live in a kingdom and not be under the authority of a king. The Bible says that he is the king and he snatched me out of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of 
life. So that, that leaves me with a question. If all, all God's Word is inspired and it's all of it's correct and all of it should be applied to our lives and lived out, if that's the case, then we've got something we've got to do. We've got to examine ourselves. 2 Corinthians, Paul would write, test yourselves to see if you are, and I would under, now, now if I was you and you were me, and I had something to write with, or if I had something to put in, take notes on, on my phone or whatever, this is really important. Test yourselves to see if you are in, in. I am in Christ, Christ is in me. Make sure you are in the, the, Definite article, the faith. What, what does that mean? Make sure you're in Christ. Test yourselves. How do I test myself? Examine yourself. How do I examine myself? By God's Word. So he said, here's the problem. Some of you, the only word, and I'm going to be gentle, though that's kind of, I don't know if I can say it gently. I'll say it, and then you put gentle with it. <laughs> if the only time you get God's Word is when I'm preaching, you are a sorry Christian. That wasn't gentle at all, y'all. <laughs> and that's not what I planned to say. But you are a sorry Christian. When I think about the fact that Peter and Paul and John the Revelator, people who were martyred. But John, you couldn't even kill him. They boiled him like a piece of fried chicken. Deep fried him, and he still lived. And then they isolated him on an island all by himself. And he then wrote the words of Jesus. <laughs> so, if all you hear is the word from me, that sounds like a long ways from where would I go, Jesus? You have the words of eternal life. So we have to examine ourselves to see that we are in the faith. Or do you yourselves not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail test. See, here's, there's two options here to me. You're either in Christ or you're out. I don't see any kind of halfway, well, I'm good. Uh, well, yeah, uh, maybe. I know it's in or out. And, and, and unfortunately, if I wrote the Bible, I would have changed things, but I didn't write it. I'd have said, well, if you're good, you could get whatever. But this, I didn't write it. And this is the word, and it cannot be changed, and it cannot be sugar-coated. cannot be, you know, uh, uh, fixed a little bit so that, you know, changed a little bit so that you will like it and keep on coming to, going to church. I want you to go to heaven, you see. I want you to go to heaven. You're either in Christ or you're not in Christ. So we must examine ourselves. One more time, we examine ourselves to the word. Is my life lining up with the Word? Is this okay? Are y'all all right? Y'all okay? I know, it's hard. I, I... James chapter 2, and this is a lot of Scripture. But as I was 
thinking about that. I just wrote scripture. This is, this is one that come to mind. You believe that God is one. You believe. Good. Even the demons believe and they tremble. Do you have the verse 20? It's fine. It says, I think it says, what, anybody got their Bible? I don't want to misquote it. What does, y'all didn't turn there. Huh? Excuse me? Yeah, that's it. You fool. My, ver, my part, mine says, you fool. Can't you see that your faith is useless if it doesn't bring about change? What he's saying is, you believe that's good. There's probably everybody in here tonight would say, I believe, I believe God. Almost every person in White Cross, Georgia is going to tell you, I believe in God. In fact, the, in fact, the Bible tells us that it's hard not to believe in God. That creation screams there's a creator. The Bible says, every, hey, you believe in God? Well, amazing, great, wonderful. But does the belief that you have, the faith in Christ Jesus, is it a faith that changes you? And if you've got a faith, if you've got a belief, if you've got a box that you check saying, I'm a Christian, but it hasn't changed the way you live, then you don't have a saving faith. You've got a soothing faith. I, that's tweetable. You've got a soothing faith. Listen, a faith that just makes you feel okay. Makes you feel, soothes you. I'm all right. I'm okay. I go to church huh? once, once a month. I go to church. Every now and then, I give a little something. I believe in God. I'm okay. A soothing faith. But friend, if you don't have a faith that changes you, changes your behavior, Changes you from the, it's a miracle. I can't tell you enough. Salvation is a miracle. The most, the greatest miracle on the face of the earth. It changes, it sets straight, it corrects, it changes course. This faith, this salvation. It's not a, just a soothing. It's a saving faith. Saves you from your Self. You believe there's one God, well, great. Demons believe and they shudder. You say, well, Pastor, why, why, why are you preaching? Why are you preaching like this? Why, why are you? And I want you to really hear my heart. I know I've been preaching hard lately. I know that. But the reason I'm preaching like this is because the Bible says, and hear me good, the Bible says there will be a great falling away. There will be a great falling away. You know who will fall away? The, those who are already deceived. Those who think 
they're okay. They have a soothing faith, but they don't have a saving faith. There is going to be a great falling away, and I, I don't know. I may be wrong, Rose. I may be wrong. It could be already in place. We could already be seeing part of a great falling away. I don't know. I'm not like these preachers who are experts at end time stuff. I am not. I know I woke up today, praise God, and if I take my last breath, I'm going to heaven. But I do know what the Bible says. And the Bible says there will be a great falling away. And the great falling away will be those who are already away from Christ. Who are just going through the motions. Who are just okay with going to church. And I, I don't want you to... I don't want you, and I don't know if you can, I don't know if you will be able to, but I don't want you when you stand before God and God, things don't go the way you thought they might go. I don't want you to say, well, pastor didn't tell me. Nuh-uh. There's going to be a great falling away, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to Him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset and troubled either by a prophecy or a message, a false message, a false prophecy, a false letter, supposedly from us alleging that the day of the Lord has come, next verse, or anything else that's not the gospel. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. The rebellion, a denial of God. The King James Version and the New King James Version says this, a falling away. Matthew chapter 24, verse 24 says this, for false messiahs and false prophets will arise, they will perform great signs and wonders to lead astray, and even, now this is what, this is this, I'm going somewhere, even if possible, the very elect. If it was possible, now that gives me some hope that those who are in the faith will not be deceived. But those who are close to the faith, I'm preaching. Those who are, are really close to it. You know, the, you know what's dangerous? Being close and thinking you're okay. It's not good enough to go to church. It's not good enough to give. It's not good enough to sing. It's not good enough to do all these things. You better find yourself in Christ Jesus. In the faith. Because if not, if you've got a soothing faith, an okay faith, you're going to be deceived. Everyone will be deceived except the elect. What does that mean? Those who have been called and answered the call. Not answered mama's call. Not answered the wife's call. She nags you to death so you go to church. Husband, wife, let me switch that around. I know how it is now. Wives... You go to church because your husband nags you to go to church. That won't be good enough just to keep peace at home. That won't be good enough. Those who are close 
closed, but not in, will be deceived. Matthew chapter 7, look what it says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Is this too much scripture for y'all tonight? Can't argue with it. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. Now, watch this. You can have the dialect, but not be the elect. That's another tweetable thing there now. And I, I would put it on Facebook. You can speak the dialect. You can talk the talk. You can say what sounds right. You can even say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do this in your name? You can have the dialect, but not be the elect. And that is a scary place to be. It's not good enough just to be a cerebral, cultural Christian. That won't cut it when you stand before Christ. It will not be enough. There's deception. I see the stupidest things, the most asinine things, the most ignorant things from Christians. Oh, excuse me. From cultural Christians that goes against God's word and they say it like it's God's truth. Deceived. They got a soothing faith, but not a saving faith. I want to ask you, when you examine yourself to God's word, what do you see? Let me end this on a good note. James chapter 4, verse 6. With all I said, with all this in your face, self-reflecting stuff I've said, you may find yourself, and you've got to examine yourself now. Don't examine your neighbor. Don't think, well, man, I wish my husband was here to hear this, or my wife was here to hear Examine yourself because I'm telling you, I'm preaching this because I've been examining myself. You think I can read these scriptures and not be convicted? You think I can prepare this and not be convicted? I want you to have a pastor that's right. I love you enough to make sure that I'm right. That what I believe is right. That what I say is right. That what I teach is right. And that you are living this life right. I've told you some very self-reflecting things and you may not like what you see. But He gives greater grace. You don't like what you see in your life. It scares you some of the things I've said and I'm not trying to do this out of fear, but listen, when you're not right with God, you better be scared. You've been going through the motions. You better be scared. You better be scared if you ain't scared. Because your heart has become callous and cold. 
You have been turned over to a reprobate mind, friend. You better hope to God that good preaching, anointed preaching out of God's word sometimes, sometimes puts the fear of God in you. But he gives greater grace. So if you find yourself not measuring up to not me, what I think, or what even you think about yourself, but what God's word says. If you find yourself not measuring up, there's still hope. He gives greater grace. He is richer in grace than you are in sin. He is richer in grace than you are in rebellion. He's richer in grace than you are in apostasy. But it's not just a grace to say, listen, it's not just a grace to say, okay, I'm good. I thank God, but, but I'm all this, but God gives greater grace. Friend, it's not a grace to stay the same. It's a grace to change. Look at all the action after this. But he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It's grace to what? Submit to God. If things aren't lining up, if you're in control of your life and God's not in control of your life, if you're first and God's not first, he gives you grace to come back in order. To submit to him. It's a military. It comes from a military term. To come back in correct order and rank. There are no blessings from God if you're out of order. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The blessed life, you want a blessed life? You want a blessed life? Submit to God. You want a better marriage? Submit to God. That's why ours is so great. I'm joking. That was a joke. I mean, not we do have a great marriage. Because she finally submitted to God. So, that was wrong. See, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, submit to God. Look what else it says. Look what else it says. He gives greater grace to do what? Look, resist the devil. What? Grace to submit to God, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Guess what else? To draw near. And I love that. Sin puts a wedge in between you and God. Grace yanks it up. Where there was condemnation, where there was shame, where I ain't been serving God, I ain't been living God for God. Satan would want you to waller in that condemnation, waller in that guilt. But God says, I'd give you grace to come to me. Draw near unto me. To draw near to God. And you know what he said? He said, I'll meet you. You draw near to me, I'll snuggle up to you. You snuggle up to me, I'll snuggle up to you. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you, you got to serve God snuggled up to him. Not from a distance. Grace to draw near to God. Grace to cleanse your hands. Purify your hearts. Get Instead of being double-minded, be single-minded. Get your, your thought process uh, thought life back into order with God. Hallelujah. See, I like this because it doesn't leave me hopeless. When I examine myself and I see, oh my God, I'm a mess. Then I see where God says, but I've given you grace. I've given you strength. I've given you another chance. I've given you my Holy Spirit to draw near to me. Cleanse your hands. Purify your hearts. Get single-minded. Verse, uh, verse 9 talks about repenting. Mourn over your sin. Repent of your sin. Let it be sorrowful. You hate sin. You got to hate sin. 
when you understand, how can you hate sin if you don't understand? You can't hate sin until you understand the love of God. I love God, therefore I hate sin. The more I fall in love with God, the more I hate sin. There ain't nobody, nothing can do that for you except the grace of God. And then verse 10. Grace will cause you to humble yourself. And when you humble yourself, look what God does. He, not nobody else, you don't need nobody else's approval when you're submitted to God. You don't need nobody when you're submitted to God. You don't need their approval or that or this or they're, 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 what, they're okay. No, listen, when you humble yourselves before God, listen, He will exalt you. By His grace. This ain't bad news. This is all good news. You find yourself in an adulterous spiritual condition. That's chapter John, chapter, uh, excuse me, James chapter 4, verse 4. Ye adulterers, spiritual adulterers, cheating on me. One foot in and one foot out. You check the box, Christian. You're going through the motions. You find yourself lukewarm, conforming to the ways of the world, complacent. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't give up. Give in. Give in to Him. He gives you grace, which is another chance, which is power to submit to God, to resist the devil, to repent, to purify your hearts, to become single-minded, to humble yourselves so that He can lift you up. Stand with me all across the building. Don't nobody leave. Just hold on just one second. This is real serious because it's going to be right between you and God right now. Do you believe God spoke to me tonight to speak to you this word? Do you believe you've heard from God tonight, from this word? You notice this was saturated in Scripture now, right? What will you do with it? Oh, you believe it? Great. But a faith that doesn't have action is no faith at all. Some of you say, I, I'm good, Pastor. Praise God. I'm not saying in here everybody is in a condition that I've mentioned. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying if you are. There's one thing I'll never find in this Bible. There's no place of procrastination. I never heard Jesus say, we'll come back tomorrow and I'll heal you. Now I heard a lot of people tell Paul and, and some of the other writers, other great men of God, I'll come back later. But I never heard Jesus say, come back, we'll, we'll talk about some more later. No, you know what he says? Today is the day of repentance, of salvation, and restoration. Let me tell you something, let me tell you something. Redemption is immediate. 
So if you find yourself in, 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 in one of these spots, if you find yourself deceived, you find yourself deceived, get it right tonight. Don't wait. He's deceiving. Anybody ever been deceived? Anybody ever lived, lived in deception for a little while? Pray with me. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father. I didn't say this, but your word, your, your word says about your word. It says this about your word, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That it cuts and it separates. It's good for correction. Discipline. And God, I'm laying here spiritually filleted, open before you. Anybody want to join me and say, God, I'm open. I'm open to you. I open myself up to you. If it's not of you, I want it out of my life, God. I want to live holy. I want to live holy, and I can't do it separate from your grace. I can't do it separate from Your grace. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord Jesus. Oh God, I'm praying for revival, but there'll be no revival until there's an open, until my life becomes an open book before You, God. There'll be no feeding until there's hunger. And there'll be no hunger until we're empty. I empty out everything. I examine myself before you and your word, and I repent. Right now, talk to God about that thing, whatever it is. Talk to God right now. Just talk to Him. It's between you and Him. You don't have to get up and go to the altar unless you want to go. You can do it right there at the seat, but whatever you want to do, whatever you feel like you need to do. And if you say, well, Pastor, I don't have anything I really need to talk to God about on that, well, will you pray for somebody like me? Who does? Would you? Would you pray for your brother and sister who, who may be like me? Father, I ask you right now. I got a microphone on and I'm praying, but I ain't praying for them. I'm praying for, or to them. I'm praying for you, to you. And I'm asking you, God, right now, if there be any wicked way in me, compromise and complacency and conformity, God, I want to empty myself out of the things of this world because I want to be full of you. I am hungry for you. I am thirsty for you. I need you and I want my hunger and I want my thirst to drive. Drive me. Drive me, God. Push me and compel me and lead me. Going to church is not enough for me. Oh, I'm going to go, but it ain't enough for me. I need you, God, all of you. All of you. All of you, God, I want you, God. 
I want you to mess up my plans, mess up my agenda, God. Wake me up in the middle of the night. May I wake up praying, God. May I wake up singing, God. May I wake up as you nudge me to be in your presence, wanting to spend time with me. And may I wake up wanting to spend time with you, God. May I lay things aside so that I can pick up, pick up what you want me to pick up, God. Come to you with empty hands and a surrendered heart. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Radabos. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in what the world wants or calls, calls okay anymore. I want to hate ungodliness. I want to hate ungodliness. I want to hate sin. I don't want to be entertained by it. I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm not playing, y'all. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm serious about this thing. I want you, God. See, there's a place of repentance. And I thank God for repentance. I thank God for His grace that allows me to repent, cry out, and call on Him. Oh, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I need His grace. I need His strength. I need His touch. God, if it's borderline, if it ain't all in, if it be a stumbling block to someone else, I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm not living for me anymore. I said I'm not living for me anymore. I'm living for you. I'm an ambassador of you. I come and represent a, a kingdom that is, that is not, not of this earth, not of this world. I come on authority of a, of a king from another country. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. This ain't popular. Never has been. But it's power. Oh, and I don't want a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. I want you and I want the power that comes with you, from you. Power to live in victory over sin. In Jesus' name. See, I hear, I hear tears of repentance. On this, on, at these altars. You know that's pleasing to God? Did you know that? It's pleasing to God. And you know what comes after repentance? Refreshing. Refreshing. I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it. And I know we got to go. But I, I remember I carried unforgiveness around for a long time towards someone. And I'll never forget. Oh, I was going to church. <laughs> I was, in fact, I was, I was leading the music, boy. But I was carrying around this unforgiveness. And you know what? I was blocking God's blessings. I was blocking God's grace and His mercy for my life. I was. Unforgiveness created a, a dam. Well, the Bible says, Jesus said, you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Now, you do what you will with that. I don't know. 
how, how change it up, for, you know, make it more appeasing. But you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. That's what Jesus said. And you know best I can explain this, and it don't have to be unforgiveness, it can be unrepented of sin. Whatever. It was a damn blocking all that God wanted from me. And I can remember calling this person on the phone. I just couldn't take it no more. God's conviction. The Holy Spirit convict. You ever been miserable under conviction? Huh? Uh, that's on, that only saved people is going to know what I'm talking about. But miserable under conviction. And I was miserable under conviction. And I called him. And I said, I just want to let you know, I forgive you and you probably don't know nothing and it, probably, it ain't nothing you've done. I'm sure you're okay. And, and I, I apologized. I asked for forgiveness. And what I wanted here on the other line, it didn't even matter at that point. I didn't, don't expect somebody to be, give it back to you or whatever. That wasn't even about that. I just gave it. I needed it. It wasn't for them, it was for me. And anyway, after I got off the phone, it was like, it was like the floodgates broke, boy. And I felt, oh, like, I might as well have been sitting beside Jesus. He was sitting by me. Everything that had been blocked and dammed up in my life was flowing to me like a river. Oh, refreshing and cleansing and strengthening. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, it, and I'm telling you, if there's unrepented sin in your life, David said repentance, refreshing followed repentance. He said, I was sweating. He said, unrepented sin, I, I was sweating. My bones were hurting. I was miserable, but I repented, and times of refreshing came in. Anyway, do with, do with it, at, watch as you want. Father, in the name of Jesus, I love you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for these people. Bless them. God, I love these people. That's why I tell them the truth, because I love them. And you gave us the truth because you love us. Now may we go out and live like you want us to live with joy, with peace, with power, telling others about you. And keep us, God, until we come back here Sunday. I ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. God bless you. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? I love you. I'll see you Sunday. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.